This is the Ether Review, a talk show passing the components of the Ethereum global computing platform and its ecosystem. Building on a basic knowledge of the blockchain, we seek to understand the mechanics behind this new generation computing network and the services it powers. MetaMask is a Chrome browser extension that will enable trustless interaction with distributed applications. Developers Aaron Davis and Dan Finlay discuss self-sovereign identity, leaving Apple to develop on Ethereum, and developing decentralized web services. We also talk about the Web3 experience. Thanks for joining me, Aaron. Could you explain what you do for Consensus and how you got involved in Ethereum? Yeah, so I am a software developer at Consensus, and my primary project is MetaMask. MetaMask is a ID management wallet slash browser plugin that uh, turns Chrome into Mist, basically. It turns Chrome into an Ethereum-enabled browser. I'll talk about that in a little bit more in a moment. I got into Ethereum about a year and a half ago, kept hearing the name and found a local meetup and I couldn't tell what the heck it was, but it was very, very interesting. And it, for every question I asked, it created a few more in my mind. And uh, so I just uh, started down that rabbit hole and uh, quit my job at Apple and joined up with Consensus a little bit after trotting along on my own and uh, been really impressed by the all the de developers inside of Consensus uh, hacking away on the future. Wait, so you quit your job at Apple to develop on Ethereum? Yeah. <laughs> Once I sort of dug into Ethereum, it, it was just so fascinating. I couldn't get it out of my brain. And, uh, you know, I was doing it nights and weekends while I was working. And after a while, it was, it was just, no, I need to do this full time to really understand what's going on. Yeah, I couldn't, uh, couldn't help myself. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's pretty inspirational. That must have been a huge leap. Yeah, it was a little nerve-wracking at the time, but uh, especially because I didn't have any, I didn't have any funding set up when I uh, started my project. But uh, at first, the Ethereum Dev Grants uh, helped me out there, and then later on, Consensus that made my life a little bit more stable while pursuing this, uh, you know, this new technology. We'll see whether it uh, it, it uh, fulfills its promise to change the world or not. So you've been working on, you began working on MetaMask independently of your employment at Consensus. Uh, that's correct. I started working on that and they heard word of it, started to get an idea that it was, it could make a big change in the adoption story of Ethereum. I think Ethereum has a, a pretty big adoption problem right now. It's quite complicated and there's not a lot of good tools for uh, lay people to, to interact with the system right now. It's mostly uh, for command line junkies at the moment, but uh, that's improved a little bit. There's been, you know, some web wallets and some nicer UIs coming out to help you use the system. But it's that's just the user experience of Ethereum is is something that's in high flux. It's evolving. It requires a, a bit more work yet. I actually have a specific question about uh, the user experience of Ethereum relating to the addresses. 
right? Because the addresses are presented to the user and I am an absolute lemon user. I do not use command line ever. So for me, you know, I, I get these addresses and they're unencoded. So the Bitcoin addresses have a, are encoded and have a checksum and, are, uh, and you can kind of be, you're safe using them, but with these unencoded Ethereum addresses, you're relying on the software you're using to detect if you happen to leave a character off the end or something to prevent you from just outright destroying your uh, your ether or whatever assets you might be transferring. Is there a solution to this in the pipeline? Because it's it's one of the most hair raising parts of uh, of using Ethereum for you know for a person like myself. So for one, for best practices, you, you should probably never be typing in an address by hand. There's just simply uh, too many characters, too many, too much room to make a mistake. But that said, uh, validation is, is still very important to prevent catastrophic errors because you can't, you know, phone up a, a bank and say, hey, could you, uh, this transaction was a mistake, could you roll it back, right? We're running the show ourselves, so we, we don't have that safety net. But in terms of like, you know, validating those addresses to make sure that they are correct, there's a couple proposals for that. And some of them are sort of backwards compatible in that we don't need a new address system or that is if we create this new address system and then you try to put it in one of these older systems that doesn't know about that validation mechanism, it still works. And we basically do that through uh, capitalization of the characters. There's a couple different proposals, and you can find them on the Ethereum GitHub organization. There's the EIP, Ethereum Improvement Proposals Repository, and you can you can create one yourself, or you can comment on some of the existing ones. And that's all open, so it's a good, good way for people that are interested in Ethereum, and, and maybe they have their own ideas of how it could be better, um, to start uh, voicing some of those. Awesome. Hey, thanks. Uh, yeah. um, that, that, that's just a little bit of an aside there. So would you tell us about what got you started thinking about MetaMask and why you chose MetaMask as a as a project to pursue in, in the Ethereum space? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, I, I saw myself making a dApp, making an Ethereum application and then trying to get it into the hands of, of users. And it just seemed like there were too many steps. And if there's too many steps to get people involved, then it's just never gonna get off the ground. So the official wallet and browser from the Ethereum Foundation is called Mist. And uh, it, like a Bitcoin wallet, keeps track of your private keys uh, to, to hold your funds. And it, it also gives you the, the Ethereum application environment. And the Ethereum application environment for, for programmers is basically like what you would have in a normal web browser. You know, you have HTML, JavaScript, and CSS. Uh, and in addition to that, you have a little object in the JavaScript context that lets you lets the, the web page, web app, talk to the Ethereum blockchain. And so in order to, to have that and be able to use Ethereum apps, you need to download the special browser from the Ethereum Foundation. And I think that that can be great because the, the, the browser can really be built exactly to the purpose of a Ethereum web applications. And so it can be really like a pro tool. But for the casual user, downloading a, a special web browser to just to use an, an Ethereum application is not really an acceptable option. And then there's... There's a string of workarounds, how you can kind of make it work in the, in the normal web browser as you, without any extra steps, but they end up 
looking much like the the traditional web in that you have some service managing your identity and managing your secrets for you. Like you put in your password, you tell them your password and they tell you if you're correct or not. It really all comes down to the managing of, of those private keys that I talked about. And this represents a reversal of the major pattern that we've seen in how we interact with the internet. Your identity is hosted by Facebook or Twitter or Google. And you have to get them to approve your your password or something like this. You have to log in through them. You're only them if they allow you to be. You're you're only you if that you allow if they allow. Oh wait, hold on. You are only <laughs> you if they allow you to be you, right? So you lack the self sovereign identity that is enabled by by uh, managing your own private key. Self-sovereign identity is something that uh, I, I just interviewed Christian Lundqvist about Uport and uh, and that self-sovereign identity solution. Is MetaMask going to be uh, platform agnostic in, in that way? Right now, MetaMask is in still in development and we'll see how it goes. I'm using a lot of tools created by Chris, like uh, the key key management libraries, uh, Light Wallet created by him is is the foundation of how we create and restore keys inside of MetaMask. And I'm very curious about exposing higher identity stuff like you part through him. So uh, it's very likely that we'll see that integration being made. But will MetaMask be U-Port uh, only compatible? Right now, I'm not familiar with any other identity projects. Um, built on, on top of Ethereum or built in, on top of key pairs that are not centralized. I guess one one is is a Keybase is a relevant one where you manage your own keys and they provide a an identity and a link to other traditional identities, traditional web identities like like Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. But as I understand it, Uport is a fully decentralized project. So I I don't see any other competitors right now. I think it's a the best option forward. Awesome. Hey, that's uh well it's it's interesting because we've been waiting so long. I mean really a really long time for an identity solution years. And uh and it's just it's weird that it's taken so long for a serious uh, a serious option to emerge. Yeah, um it's kind of having some of the ideals that we have with building a blockchain-centered internet, looking at, which is, you know, somewhat shared with the dreams of the the early internet, seeing how it actually evolved into a handful of centralized services is is kind of disappointing. (laughs) So we do have have a lot of work to to improve the internet and bring it back to its ideals. Okay, cool. So, well, we've we've covered the peripherals there. So, what is the uh, what are the some of the design challenges that you encountered um, developing MetaMask, and how will what will the user experience of uh, of using MetaMask be like? The goal is how do how do we remove the number of steps to to using an Ethereum application, and and so one of them was was removing the step of having to download additional. Uh, having to download a special browser, you know, so we wanted it to just work in your web browser, the same one you use every day. And originally we had been pursuing this so you wouldn't have to even install a extension, so it would just work natively. 
but that happened that required there to be like a a web browser inside your web browser and it was kind of a clunky and i saw i saw people building their applications where you imported your private key right into their web application like it it worked in a normal web browser but you had to give your private key to that web application and you know maybe they didn't phone home your private key but that you really had to trust them that that was the that they were doing that responsibly so i saw that i wouldn't be able to compete in terms of the user experience with this like weird clunky browser and browser situation and that uh, that more streamlined but dangerous practice of of giving your private key to the application creator and so sort of pivoted and and went with the the Chrome extension and soon the Firefox and, and extensions for other browsers. And because I, I felt that was the best compromise between the the setup cost, you know, installing this extra plugin and the security of maintaining your own keys and not revealing that to anyone else. So what does it look like? What does it feel like to use it? You would go to the the Chrome web store and of course for free install the the extension. Uh, that'll help you set up with a recovery key and some addresses. And then that just injects the Ethereum context into the web browser that the applications require. And then you can start using apps. Cool. What are some of the uh, what are some of the first apps that you de- or dapps uh, that, uh, that you're looking forward to seeing uh, utilizing MetaMask? Yeah, some of uh, the ones I'm most excited about are the prediction markets and the, so uh, let's see, as for prediction markets, we have uh, group gnosis inside of consensus. Of course, there's Augur. And then also looking at the crowdfunding and organizational management tools like uh, Wayfund and Boardroom. These these are, are really exciting. Uh, uh, one thing that the community has been waiting for for a very long time is a proper decentralized exchange. We're having that uh, with EtherX. These are, are some of the applications that I'll be really advertising as things you can use with with MetaMask. They're, they're just really exciting and they should be a lot of fun to play around with. How far away is MetaMask from a beta release? We are slowly giving out the download link to people at meetups and uh, dapp developers so we're we're very much closing in on it we we just want to polish the user experience we want to make it very difficult for you to end up losing your keys because that would be catastrophic we also have a security review that needs to finish before we really publicly release it and um, as well there's a, we, we just need to make sure that we can handle the load of many concurrent users because the way we've set up the service to start with is a somewhat centralized service where you read uh, all the data of the blockchain from us. And this is primarily a, a, a limitation to one, it's the, the light client protocol is not completely standardized and available. And the other is uh, you just don't have the low-level networking protocols available to Chrome extensions um, that you would need to connect to the network like a normal node. So um, as a short-term solution, we proxy all that through some of our servers. And if uh, you know if a million people downloaded the plugin all at once, I think it would all come crashing down. 
So it's uh, it's part scaling, part user experience polishing, but it's pretty much uh, pretty much ready. It's interesting that you mentioned that you don't have the the necessary light client tools to uh, to make this a fully decentralized solution. Because I'm finding the more I speak to people, there are lots of there's so much interdependency in these DApps and uh, and infrastructure components that it's re- they really require all, them all to work in uh, in concert in order to not rely on some central element. Who is developing the light client that you that you're prospectively looking at, and what other services are you waiting on in order to fully decentralize? Yeah, so the the light client is being uh, developed by the Ethereum Foundation. And it's being worked on in either the the C or the Go clients. And I'm not sure at the moment. We'll need to make some modifications to those things and get it working in inside of JavaScript. And we'll probably set up a crazy WebRTC mesh where everyone who's running the plugin is talking to each other. So it'll be kind of a second network. And then we'll have some hybrid nodes that uh, bridge the actual Ethereum network and the the MetaMask Ethereum network. But it's just uh, we just need a good way of getting the blockchain data to the users. And uh, right now we're taking the simplest approach and we'll move to a more decentralized approach. Uh, Dan just turned up. I'll add him to the conversation. Fantastic. How's it going, Dan? Hey, how's it going? Fantastic. Great. to. We're just talking about uh, talking about MetaMask and where we're at right now, how close we are to launch. First of all, thanks for being uh for like sticking with me, Aaron. I know you. I know you're sick. Uh, we we won't go too much longer. Um, <laughs> and and we'll give your voice a rest with uh, with Dan. So thanks uh, thanks for joining me, Dan. Could you explain your role in the MetaMask pro project and how you became involved in Ethereum and uh, and involved with Consensus? Yeah. So so my role is basically I I'm an old time friend of uh, Aaron and I've watched him I watched him start MetaMask and uh, keep on telling me about it until I couldn't help but uh, quit my old job and join the team. So at this point I'm basically pitching in on almost every level. There's a couple parts of the stack that are still kind of uh, Aaron Aaron only domain, but for the most part just the whole the whole browser extension from from how it talks to the blockchain to the user interface. And I've even found myself uh, taking on a little bit of project management just because uh, I guess we, you know, two person team, we got to start doing, start organizing ourselves. So I suppose this is, uh, it's worth discussing. So what are you guys' backgrounds and how do you go from being a, a developer? Where were you working prior, prior then? I, I was at, I was at Apple. Oh, you guys were both at Apple. Yeah, yeah, we were. So how do you make that transition to, uh, to developing an Ethereum from working at, at Apple, like, what's the uh, what are the comparable skills? Did, did you just have to learn Solidity, or was there was there more to it than that? Oh well, so Solidity is is really a pretty easy language to pick up. In fact, I'm I'm pretty sure I, I still don't know uh, you know a lot of language features of Solidity. But but what I what I had were uh, web tech technologies, and in fact, any DApp is going to use a lot of just regular web stack stuff. So HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, and that's basically what I'm doing here too. So especially MetaMask is basically just all JavaScript, just all the way through. In fact, we're like we're really addicted to JavaScript. We're we're doing crazy things so we can use JavaScript instead of JSX and JavaScript instead of CSS in places. So so yeah, that's that's like a lot of the skill. And and if MetaMask is uh, successful at our goal, then more and more uh, DApps can actually be made with web technologies with a, a very limited portion of their code being in Solidity. So just the contract is Solidity, but the whole UI 
and everything is all it's all just web technology uh, for, for right now. So most of our work comes from the JavaScript client, which is prior, primarily authored by uh, Martin Bexy slash Wanderer. And uh, he, he's been a cornerstone of, of this project just because of those, those implementations. So we, we work very closely with the JavaScript implementations of, of Ethereum. So there are a variety of interesting challenges. The basic problems are pretty much solved. So we, we've got, I, I'd say, the initial hard parts kind of finished. When I first heard about MetaMask, what Aaron was planning, I thought it was kind of far-fetched, but he's he's done the hard part, in my opinion. So, which is basically talking to the blockchain by some channel and injecting it into a web browser. Making it a Chrome extension made it a lot easier for us. Originally, the plan was actually a browser within a browser, which may still be possible um, someday without an extension. But in any case, that's solved. The, the challenges going forward are more challenges kind of for the community. Questions like, what does it mean to manage your identity uh, with the Ethereum stack? Like, do you have one account? Do you just use one account for everything? Or do you divide your identity so that you can kind of isolate your interactions with different kind of decentralized applications? And uh, so those questions are still kind of open. We are active participants in those conversations, but they, they aren't resolved. So, so MetaMask is kind of has to be a work in progress just as people develop how they want to interact with this kind of web. Aaron, you, you expressed disappointment that the internet has evolved into a few central providers offering the services that maybe could be produced by a, a more distributed group of service providers. How do you guys see the internet evolving in the wake of blockchain technology, Ethereum in particular? The, that's a good question. Um, I, I, yeah, like I, like I said, I think it's unfortunate that there's, there's so few players. We've seen them acquire a lot of talent and put a lot of capital behind building interesting products. And so we, we've certainly benefited from this stage of of the internet's history to some degree. But, you know, basically we want to see more creators. More, if more people are creating things, then we're going to have a lot, a larger bucket from which to, to find interesting things, interesting ways of mediating human interaction. And, you know, right now we, we you can, you can take something you, you've created and you can try to fit it into a tweet or you can try to fit it into a Facebook post or these sorts of things. But it, we, we really only have a handful of choices. And if you have much more of the world uh, in, enabled to create their own projects and let them scale to to global sizes, then we're, I think we'll just be in a much better place. We'll have a much more fruitful and varied internet. And so what will this look like for the, uh, when you say fruitful and varied, I mean, what it's very hard to for the everyman to kind of think beyond Twitter, beyond Facebook or Gmail, you know, why would we want a, uh, another email service? And you know, why would we want another Twitter? So, so I think a couple of your examples are easy to come back to. So for example, why would you want another Twitter? For me, I, I see some people that I follow, like uh, the founder of Noisebridge, uh, Jake Applebaum, who uh, it's pretty clear that his tweets are to some degree censored based on region. And that's like the kind of thing that happens when you have a central authority. So uh, the first and very obvious benefit from if there were a decentralized Twitter would be just, you know, uh, taking away the power to uh, decide who sees what, making Facebook's algorithm transparent, things like that. But just back to an identity perspective, the fact that with MetaMask, you basically log in once at the browser level 
And that identity that you log in with can be made available to every site. So there's no there's no Facebook login. There's no login with Twitter. It's just pick which identity you want to use. And then any website can use that identity just like it was any other identity. And so you kind of solve the problem of having to re-register for websites. I mean, this is this is very like if uh, Web3 and Ethereum really caught on and it became a very common standard. Well, I mean, why not just use the account that's that we're already injecting into the browser, right? A, a normal web developer might not have to deal with user management anymore. They might just have to use a little bit of the Ethereum stack just for identity validation. Yeah, do tell me about Web3. Sure, so you, you uh, Web3, um, I've been talking about uh, this this extra... Um, Ethereum thing we need in the JavaScript context for for Ethereum applications to to talk to the blockchain, and this is why we need the specialized browser, or you need the MetaMask plugin, or you need some other clever solution. So Web three is sort of this object that and that provides access for reading data from the blockchain, like what's this person's balance, or like you know who's registered this, or the, all the information that's stored there. Uh, it's also a way to submit changes to that state, you know, submit a transaction saying like, now I want to register in this name server, or I want to unlock this Slocket uh, smart lock or whatever it might be. But it's it's the bridge between uh, the user interface with the what the user sees and how they interact with it and the Ethereum blockchain. What is your guys' vision for Web3? I mean, you're designing, uh, I mean, you, you, your build, MetaMask is obviously at the core of the the web experience, it's the lens through which the internet will be experienced in conjunction with blockchain services. So, I mean, what is the web experience? What is the Web3 experience as you guys envision it? So Web3 ideally is just another browser global variable. So in, in the future, it might be just built into Chrome or Safari or Firefox, whatever your browser is. Now, Web3 itself is, you know, it's got its API and it may not be the, you know, it's not a framework for development. I think that there will be an ecosystem that grows around it to make it easier to develop for. So long term, you know, there will probably be frameworks that make maybe components that uh, use the global Web3 to render specific things straight off the blockchain, for example. And that's the kind of thing that's very possible once you have a blockchain enabled browser. You can, a component can have its data source with it which uh, actually I hadn't thought about that too much until just now, but that's that's really cool. Um, so so yeah, in, in the long term, you've got your data source in the web app and it's a global data source. So it, it kind of changes how you have to think about the, the front end, back end and source of truth. You have one source of truth, it's the blockchain uh, for this kind of information. And ideally you have one common object from which you can uh, query it, or maybe it'll be a framework or something. It'll be some abstraction that lets you ask questions of the distributed web. Now, if you are concerned about security, you might host your own blockchain node uh, later on, but you can now synchronize that later or or at the same time, but you're connected immediately. And so for the user at the moment, it's the fastest way to open your browser and then look at a, a DAP and, and actually see real blockchain data and interact with it immediately. Yeah, it, it, thematically, it's about closing this gap between the web of today and this idyllic peer-to-peer web that we that we envision, just making you know really closing that gap, so you can just by installing this extension, you're doing it today in the same web browser that you use every single day. Hey, well, thanks a bunch, guys. Is there anything else you want us to cover before we uh, before we wrap up? 
Yeah. So we're in private developer beta right now. So if you're a developer and you'd like to prepare your dApps for the MetaMask and just general Web3 browser experience, you can go to our website, metamask.io, and we have a tutorial there about getting your dApps running with MetaMask and and how to it's even very cross compatible with the Truffle framework. And so you can you can start playing with this today and it won't be too long before we have something for the public as well. Thanks for listening to the Ether Review. Follow us on Twitter at Ether Review or email contact at etherreview.info. Ether